Do you feel like you're barely keeping your head above water? That no matter how hard you try, meaningful progress remains out of reach? Heather gets that. She battled an eating disorder for years before seeking help. Now in recovery, Heather is here to tell you that positive change is possible even when it doesn't feel that way. Join her as she shares openly about her struggles and small triumphs. Fair warning, though. Heather doesn't hold back. Her candid story may trigger some. But for those wanting honesty, hope, and healing, this is 1% Better with Heather. The information and stories shared on 1% Better are based on host Heather's personal experiences with eating disorders and mental health challenges. Heather is not a licensed doctor, therapist, dietitian, or other health professional. Her advice and opinions should not be taken as professional medical advice. Please consult your physician or a qualified health provider regarding any medical or health-related issues. 1% Better also contains descriptions of eating disorders that may be triggering for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Hey there, my little gappers, and welcome to 1% Better with Heather. Today's episode is Hospital Part 4. So please bear with me because dates are kind of foggy. When you go into the hospital, I I don't know, like time just stands still. Every day's the same day, so things are uh, foggy. So I'm still in the ER downstairs in my like favorite room. And now they're going to move me to the Shangri-La ward that I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for a bed up there so I can go in and just start recovery and get my life back. So they move me up there. I get into a room and I have a roommate. My roommate has dementia. So what I did not know was I'm thinking I'm going to an eating disorder ward. I'm going with people. I was asking my doctor, am I allowed to talk to people on the, these wards? I'm thinking like it's like a communal thing, like we're going to go to group therapy, that sort of thing. No. No, 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 no. I went to a place where I like to call mini psych. Psych's on the fourth floor. I was on the third. So I'm like, what is going on here? Right? And I'm looking around and I'm like, no one else looks like me. My roommate's older with dementia. She's yelling at me to get the hell out of her room and calling the nurse and flipping out. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on around here? So I go and grab my smokes. And I'm like, I'm going out for a smoke and go walk outside. And this nurse comes up to me and she's like, where do you think you're going? I'm like, oh, for a cigarette. She's like, no, you can't. And I said, ah, watch me. So I go right past her, go downstairs, have my soap, come back. And uh, she's like, no, you can't just leave whenever you want around here. And I want your lighter. And I was like, try to get it. I'm like, no, 
I said, you can't do this to me. And then I started crying. I go back in my room. My husband shows up. I'm like, get me out of here. Get me the fuck out of here. I can't be here anymore. He's like, no, he's like, you're here under your own accord. They're not used to people where they just sign themselves in. So just the rules are going to be different for you. Just have some patience. Okay. So we get back upstairs. It's dinner time now. And I'm pretty sure it was Canada Day. And the only reason why I think this is because I got dinner. I haven't had food. No one's brought me anything since that half a piece of uh, sandwich from like two days ago. And I'm like, well, this is weird, but I'm starving, right? And I'm like, okay, I want it. And the reason why I think it's Canada Day is because it was, they brought me dessert, which was strawberry shortcake, my favorite cake on earth. That is like my favorite. And I'm like, well, shit, I really want to eat this. But now I got all these voices going, like, do I eat it? Am I supposed to eat this? Am I going to get in trouble if I eat it? I think someone made a mistake. Am I supposed to go ask someone if they made a mistake? So I do what a logical person does. I put my dinner in the drawer and hit it. So if the nurse came in to take my blood pressure or anything, she wouldn't know it was there. Clearly same, right? So my husband's like, just, just eat your dinner. So I eat my dinner whatever. I'm like, I want to save my cake though. I'm going to save it for later. So we go back out, have another smoke. He goes home and then it all kind of goes to hell. I start bawling my face off because now they want to move me out of this room. The nurse is like, nope, you're too much work down here at the end of the hallway. We want to move you. So I'm phoning my husband and I'm like, they want to move my room. They want to move my room. What did I do? How come, how come they want it? It's all conspiracy theory, everything. And he's like, Heather, you are sick. You are sick. They need to put you across from the nurse's station because you keep sneaking food, dummy, and uh, getting your blood sugar all spiked up. So yeah, I make friends everywhere, clearly. So they moved me to a new room with a new roommate who also has dementia. And she broke her neck. She was 94 years old. And let me tell you, this started the shit show. And we did become very good friends after. And I'm still friends with her family. But if she was having a bad day, let me tell you, everyone was having a bad day. And it's a lot of work on nurses and I'm not here to rag on the nurses. But I'm thinking, I'm still pissed. I'm like, why the hell am I on this ward? Like, I don't belong here. I thought I was going to, and like, where, like a rehab with everyone like me. And then... I'm meeting uh, dietitians, and I've gotten like five different ones since I've been there. It's just a mess. And I, I wouldn't conform to their rules because I was there on my own accord. I wouldn't wear the prison jumpsuit and 
everyone was like mad at me for that. They're like, no, you got to wear the the pajamas. I was like, fuck you, I do. No, I'm not going to like, and, and they're taupe. Like they look like something out of Orange is the New Black. I'm like, that's exactly what they wear on the prison show. No. And I'm like, uh-uh. So over that amount of time, I'm like starving still. And I'm like, why am I so hungry? Turns out I get a student nurse one night and she's going to go clean my tubey thing. Really nice girl. And she's like, your bag is curdled. It was so disgusting. Like imagine milk curdling for a year. That's what it looked like. And she's like, ew, we got to get this out of you. Right? So I was like, oh my God, what is going in me? So thank God for her. And again, now trying to find the feedback the first time was Mission Impossible. It's really Mission Impossible now. So at least she took mercy on me. I'll I'll say that. There was a lot that went on in the hospital throughout all this time. I cried a lot, cried and cried. Didn't know what way was up some days. I remember my doctor telling me day 12 will always be the hardest day. For some reason, you hit like a wall on day 12 and it all comes crashing down. Yeah, no, that's true. It's right. Bang on the money. But for uh, slipping through so many cracks, right? Like I slipped through the crack the first time when I got released from the hospital. I got slipped. I, I don't know why I'm on this ward. Still to this day, I don't think I was on that, supposed to be on that ward. I was not meant to be there. And nothing ever really went smooth. There were days where I would get breakfast, no lunch, dinner. Some days I would get no breakfast, no lunch, no dinner. And trying to work with a dietitian for dietary things, which is hard. Like I have a very, I, I don't like dietitians. I'm not even going to lie about it because of all this, because when I had to explain myself about, I don't eat eggs. I haven't eaten eggs since I was five. I'm not about to eat an egg here. And they look at you like, or me, I guess that I have five heads and I'm lying because I have an eating disorder. Clearly I'm not going to eat. No, no, no. I'm just not going to eat that. And I find dietitians really pigeonhole people. And this is why I really have a issue with it. Um, that could be another video for another time. But looking back now into recovery and then recovery in the hospital, two different things, right? Like I'm not picking my food. I'm not eating with anybody. No one cares if I eat or not. They're just going to write it down on a chart. No counseling. No, no, no one's talking to me. I think I saw a psychologist uh, in the ER. I never saw one ever again. I was in that hospital a month. Nothing. If I didn't see my doctor to talk to for 45 minutes and cry and tell her what was happening, that was it, Right. The system's so broken and 
when I came out in July, I lasted a week after recovery. And I went right back, right back. I remember having a phone call in the hospital with the person from the eating disorders clinic that I was supposed to get into. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to put you on the wait list. Yeah, they didn't call till February of 2023. So we're in July of 2022. And just, just a complete mess. And what I've learned now with food and eating, and take this with a grain of salt if, if you want, it's way easier to do all in and just eat what you want. Just eat what you want. It, it's too much in my head for me to try to make my meals perfect. I eat. I just eat what I want. I just don't want to have all that pressure to have so many fruits, so many vegetables, so much what, whatever, right? And then, too, like eating hospital food, yuck, you know? So... And with them limiting my sugars and stuff, I'm a ketchup person. So I was sneaking ketchup <laughs> into my room so I could put it in my nightstand. I had a drawer full. I had coffee made in there because every day I was allowed to get up, go downstairs, have my coffee and my smoke, which I did a couple times. We had an issue, but um, got all that worked out. I had every flavor of coffee made in my drawer so I could like add it to my Tim Hortons coffee every morning. I ended up being very good friends with the Tim Hortons people downstairs. They were nice. I had a whole routine going on. I knew what time shift happened, right? I My whole journal is, I was looking at it today, is uh, what time breakfast was. Everything was timed out. Ner like nurse changeover, what time my blood came, what time this came, what time that came. I had it down to a science. I got up every day at 5.30 because shift change was quarter to six, get my ass uh, in the sh uh, shower or in the bathroom, change. Tim Hortons opened at 6 a.m. I would get downstairs, talk to the lady at Tim Hortons, say, okay, I want my first small coffee, go outside, smoke my brains out, come back, get my second coffee, run upstairs, boom, be in my bed. All the nurses, new nurses come in. I'm the model patient. Haha. <laughs> but man, like... Staring at those muffins and donuts from Tim Hortons and not being able to eat them was torture. I'm like, for someone who has an eating disorder, you're sure like keeping them in one. Let me tell you, like you think they would have said, yeah, go to town. But no. Again, I am a different person coming out of all this. I thought that hospital was going to kill me. I stayed in there. I really tried not to tell anybody where I was the day I had to tell my parents where I was because I was already in there a week and I wasn't coming home. And my husband's like, we got to tell your parents where you are. And I'm like, crap. So that was hard. That was really, really hard. And I remember my mom telling my aunt where I was. And the big thing for me was do not tell anyone I'm here. I was so embarrassed to be there. And I didn't want my gossipy family having really good gossip about Heather because it's good gossip. Let's just face it. And I remember 
phoning my mom, freaking out, going, why would you tell her? Like, everyone's going to know now. And then my sister marching into the hospital room, fucking taking a strip off me. How dare you talk to mom like this? Blah, she's worried about you. Looking back, yeah, shouldn't have done it. But my dad has dementia, Alzheimer's. My mom's support is my aunt, not my dad. And while I was in the hospital, oh yeah, this is a good story. My dad uh, decided to barbecue and didn't turn off the barbecue, almost burnt the house down. Fire department comes. No one wants to tell me anything because I'm in the hospital. I'm already going to die. Let's not stress her right out. What a mess. But like I say, I still talk to my old roommate's family. She's still going. She's 95, living her best life. So good for her. And her name started with an H as well. So I won't say it on here, but it was blah and Heather. And uh, I'd say we're like peanut butter and jelly. And she liked me, thank God. And she really liked music. So I would play the Tennessee Waltz for her constantly, <laughs> for her to have a good night. There were nights, Friday nights, karaoke night, man. She was awake, ready to sing. It was, and I'm not shit yet, midnight. And it would go till 5 a.m. It was like Studio 54. But hey, whatever. I think the nurses didn't care as long as she was happy, right? So, and I give nurses a lot of credit. I'm not here to rag on the nurses. And I think me being in that room, it gave me a sense of purpose as well. Because, yeah, I was sick because I didn't eat. But, like, my brain somewhat worked. So they knew, like, they didn't really have to look after me. And me being there with her, I was, like, an extra person. So I, I know they really appreciated it. And it did give me a sense of purpose. Uh, like, I like helping people and... uh you know, we would read or sing or whatever. It was, it was fun. There are funny, I try to look at the funny times. My feeding tube fell out four freaking times. No, I did not pull it out. Do not pull it out. They will put it back in. And every time that happens, you have to go down to x-ray. So funny thing about me, when I talked about my name on any paperwork will go missing. So will Heather actually. They would send me down an x-ray and leave me there for five hours. I couldn't leave because everything's got like a pass, right? So if I don't have a pass. I don't work there. Should have. But so I come back up and the nurses are like, where'd you go? I was like, I was in x-ray for five hours. And they're like, oh my God, how come it's always you? I'm like, I don't know. But it just comes up with more funny stories, right? And one time it fell out. There was a big party at Holland Park in Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. And I don't know what it was, but it was in July and it was after Canada Day. It was party in the park. And I think everyone at that party was on something good because they were all in the ER that night. People were higher than kites, drunk, fighting with cops. All of RCMP are there. It was party central. And let me tell you, that was the most entertainment I ever had, like in a week and a half. I'm like, just leave me here. I'm just going to watch the shit show. Like, I was like, oh my God. Most people thought like I 
like, I still look sick, right? With a feeding tube. So um, the nurses were always nice to me if I was down in the ER or the police or whatever. Right? And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Right? <laughs> there was one guy who had his uh, IV pole and he made it into a stripper pole and he was like spinning around it and this pole's falling over. The police were like, what's going on? Oh my God. Entertaining, let me tell you. And then there was one day too where uh, they were changing the mattresses in the hospital. And that was the other entertainment of my life where I got to talk to people that weren't on that ward. <laughs> I talked to those people for like an hour. I'm like, please entertain me. So that was fun. But yeah, I, you know, yeah, it was a shit deal. And I came out of that hospital with anger. Anger. If you wanted someone body slammed in the middle of the freeway, it was me. I hated being there. I was mad, mad, mad. I was still mad at my husband. I was mad at all my friends because now I got some uh, food in me. Now I'm really thinking this is a conspiracy theory that everyone's trying to lock up Heather. But I've been trying to deal with that, the anger issues. And to a point, I think I do have a right to be mad. I fell through a lot of cracks and that pisses me off. But at the same part, this long-winded mishmash story hopefully will help someone out there. This is not the right thing. This is not how it's supposed to be, just so everyone knows. No, it's not how it's supposed to be. So, um, and I've gotten confirmation since then when I talked to somebody. So hopefully this won't happen to someone else. And if it is happening to you, then you know what's wrong and fight for yourself. I will say this, just because you are in the hospital and I did sign over all my rights. I didn't sign up my rights as a human being. So I will fight for my my rights all the time. I am kind of a get along to get along kind of person, but when something's wrong, something's wrong. So never feel bad to call someone out on their shit, by the way, because uh, it wouldn't probably be the first time they got called out on their shit, but right is right, wrong is wrong, right at the end of the day. So if I can think of any more hospital stories, I'll come up with some more, but um this is probably the end of it, but yeah, sorry. It's kind of a all over kind of place. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head what happened. So 1% better every day. That's all for this episode of 1% Better. To continue the conversation, head over to our website at www.1percentbetter.ca where you can access more stories and resources. We'd also love it if you subscribed and left us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, friends, progress takes patience, perspective, and sometimes a little help from people who get it. So be kind to yourself and others as we work to get 1% better every day. We'll see you back here next week.